Amen. Good morning, Matthew survivors. Give yourself a hand. I made it. <laughs> we, uh, it depends, it just, it just depends where you're at when this thing hits. Um, the wind was coming directly north to south, and uh, that's my property. The St. John's River is here. There's a long, flat swamp. And then it goes up a hill, and that's where I'm at. And we were wondering, the wind didn't feel that bad to us. But if you looked above the oak trees and the tall, tall pines, they're just like, help! All the wind was up there. And just for, for those who, we, we just did the first service. This is the second service. We have the internet. That's our fourth service. Or, and we have a third service. So internet people... Here's what you do not do in a hurricane. Okay, we've had about seven trees. We saw a huge tree go down beside the house. And we had people, the weak leaves were over. Lori Ellickson was over because they were mandatory evacuation from where they were. And so they came over. And so we were all in a tight house and Jared and the two kids and Hope. So we were standing out on the porch. Don't stand out on the porch in a hurricane, but I'm a Floridian, and, and we actually go out walking. So we heard some snapping, and we couldn't figure it out. We heard one tree fall in the back, and I was going to go look at it, and I start walking out there, and we heard some popping, and we kept looking up. We didn't realize it was the roots underneath our feet, so we stepped back in the porch, and this is what we saw. Remember, do not do this. Okay, it's not up there. Now let's have the video. You got the sound. You can only laugh. That was a good size. And there's eight more of those. There's one back by the greenhouse. There's one beyond it that snapped. So that was my weekend. <laughs> but we survived, and we had a lot of fun doing it. Um, <clears throat> the uh, Peruvian team is in the air. How many dads? How many did, ended up going? How many? Fifth. 15, 15, and uh, all you husbands whose wives left to go to Peru to dance, and they left you with your children, uh, it was great. I see most of them got dressed today. Uh, usually when the wife's gone someplace, the children are coming in their pajamas, eating their bowl of cereal as they're going into church, so, but it actually, they looked really well-dressed today, so congratulations. <laughs> We've been talking about... Uh, Dreams. Oh, and by the way, um, we have some of our Scottish family here, the McDonald's. The McDonald's, yay, they're here. So if you know them, I'd say don't, don't miss the opportunity because they've got to fly back next Saturday. So we've been talking about dreams, and I want to continue with it. Now, my wife told me, she says, you were a little crazy the first service. This one's on TV going around the world. Calm it down. Does anyone believe that's going to happen? Especially without her in the room, okay? If you wanted that to happen, she needed to be here. Someone made the observation. They said, you know, we just noticed it today that when Crystal, Dr. Crystal always sits right there. They said, we noticed that whenever you go off on one of your stories, you get as far away 
from over there as possible. <laughs> because if I'm over there, I got to look over. <laughs> so I, it's kind of a natural now. If I go over here, this is where the zingers are. So we want to take a look at dreams. And dreams are an incredible and a fab, fantastic study. Um, Pete did a, 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 just a fantastic job. But <clears throat> we want to enlarge your dreams. Because actually, that's what God said he wanted to do. He gave us a verse. You see, in, in the Old Testament, dreams were given to certain individuals to reveal God's plan or to reveal, uh, to promote some people before kings, to promote them to situations, but it was all always to reveal or to promote God's plan. So when, when we read these, we, you see these grandiose dreams that are given in the Old Testament. But there was a prophecy in the Old Testament that speaks of after the cross. It's not just going to be the prophet. It's not just for the, to revealing God's plan or promoting a man and putting them in leadership. It says, you know what? There's a dream that's coming, and it's coming big. Let's take a look at that. And you know the verse. <clears throat> I'm titled this Dream Builders. Now, the prophecy in the Old Testament is in Joel 2, and then in Acts 2 is when where Peter says it at Pentecost, and this is what he says. He goes... And it shall come to pass afterward, after the cross, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. I'll pour out all. I mean, it poured out. Not just, here's a portion, there's a portion, there's a portion. It is poured out that anyone can step out into this. Your sons and your daughters will, shall prophesy. And everyone goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But get this. This doesn't leave anyone out. Your old men, I qualify. No one else wanted to qualify. <laughs> your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. That's all of us. He says, you know what? What was reserved to, to reveal God's plan? You know, it's, it's like... When Peter spoke on Joseph, uh, Jesus' stepfather, he had a dream saying, uh, an angel comes and says, hey, Mary is going to have a baby. You need to marry her. You need to name him Jesus. An angel came and said, basically this, this is God's plan. You can join it or get out of the way. And so many times in the, that, that's how a dream would come. Before the cross. I like the dream that it says that we're going to have here. You just, you're going to dream dreams, not just a dream. You're not just going to have a vision. And, and the problem with those Old Testament vis, uh, dreams and visions, it, they were so grandiose, like speaking about God's plan, it's, it's, it's going to happen, get in or get out. In the New Testament, we, have, we dream dreams and and. and We've I've told you so many of the dreams that I've had, that Crystal had. And the dreams are a little different from the dreams from the Old Testament. Because here, who's the dream giver? Go ahead, you can make a wild guess. The Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit, Jesus says, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send the Spirit of God. And what's his name? He's known as the com the Comforter. Huh. You know, people said, I had this scary dream last night. <laughs> Do you think the Lord was speaking to me? If it's the Holy Spirit that gives you a dream and his name is the Comforter, why would a comforter do that? Huh, it's out of character for somebody named the comforter to give you a in the middle of the night. You know, you know people are going, oh, interpret my dream, interpret my dream. You know, that old joke that, you know, I had this horrible nightmare last night. You know, tell me if it was God. You know, they go, oh, you know, I choked down, a, I had this dream where I was choking down a big marshmallow and I woke up, my pillow was missing. You know, it's like... <clears throat> That's not a dream from God, okay? It's God. It's the Holy Spirit who said that he's going to pour, I'm going to pour this thing out. His name's the Comforter. So, you know, right, right off from the get-go, you can judge your own dreams if it's from God or not. Because if it's out of character, if it's out of character of God, it's not from God. Now, God can warn us. God can do this. But <clears throat> he usually comforts. You know, when Crystal, we miscarried with our first child. And she, we got pregnant again. And I told you a story not too long ago. And Crystal had a dream that the baby spoke to her and gave her a verse. I shall not die, but I will live to proclaim the glory of the Lord. That's that one right there. There was a young man. I can't, and when I was building my house, you know, you know that was kind of like a big one. You were like, let me tell you how simple these God dreams are and how, and how plentiful they are. I, I, had, I had dirt bikes, and I just sold them a couple years ago. But all my life, we've had dirt bikes, and I always had a little dirt bike. Crystal had a Pinton called a six-day machine, and it had this thing called points in it. I wanted to take... Uh, a young man who was just ripe to accept the Lord. We've been working on him, and he'd never been dirt bike riding. I was going to take him to the dunes or go to Brooksville. And, and <clears throat> it wasn't running good, so I was going to change the points. Not many of you know what points are because they don't even think they exist anymore. But it's the little electrical thing that sends a spark to the spark plug. So I, I was working on it. I said, I need to get new points. I got new points, and I was trying to put them in. And I put them in. Oh no, it's gonna be so disappointing. We're gonna go riding tomorrow. And I worked and I worked and I just worked like I just couldn't have, I didn't have any more energy. So I just kept saying, Lord, just help me with this, help me with this. Nothing. So I go to bed, I tell Crystal, I said, I'm I'm just gonna wake up in the morning, give it one more shot, and then I'm gonna call him. And I'm, I'm disappointed. He's going to be disappointed. So in the middle of the night, about 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm having a dream. Now, in my dream, I see those points. So it's a nightmare. Okay? <laughs> and, like, and all of a sudden, these points come out. They float out. They turn around. And they go back in. That so woke. I mean, I just went, Ugh! It can't be that simple. So I'm 
I, you know I can't sleep. So I'm slipping out of bed, and Chris goes, where are you going? The woman who never sleeps. You can't sneak out of the bed if she never sleeps. So I go, I, I just have to do this. This is the craziest, craziest dream. I dreamt about points that floated out of the machine and floated back in. She goes, go ahead. So I take the flashlight. You go down there. I get in front of the bike. You go. Now, back, you, you, we didn't have lights that hook on your head, so it's a... That's how you hold the flashlight. Come, who has not stuck a flashlight in their mouth? All right. <laughs> it's 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> now we have neighbors. I'm going, where's that kill button? <laughs> and you see lights coming on. I'm like, take it, take it, take it. It was a God dream. Points. You see, I had so many arguments in my head. I was mad at me. I was spitting mad that I probably got the wrong points. He probably gave me the wrong points of the story. I was just riddled with all the fault finding and I'm ticked off. You're a dodo. I'm guarantee you God was trying to speak to me. He said, turn the points around. In fact, I didn't think I had that thought. I went, nah. That he had, I, he had to have me go unconscious to talk to me. That's how bright I am. He goes, you know, here's my man of God right now. He's got to go unconscious before he'll hear me. So we'll wait till he goes to sleep. And God wants to speak, and he gives us dreams. And we need to realize, you know what? It's not like the Old Testament. It says, it says it's going to come to pass. It's happened. It's come to pass. I am going to pour my spirit out on all flesh. And if you'll just get into that, you're going to have visions. You know what a vision is? It's a dream during the day. It's when a young man sees somebody doing that and he goes, I can do that. That's a vision. It's not like, the new Jerusalem's coming down. I see it right now. And, no, it's like, I can do that. You know. Of course, they say, you know, that's, that's when you know someone's going to the hospital and they have a family party. And somebody says, hey, y'all, watch this. Um, <clears throat> that was a joke. So <laughs> when everyone says, hey, while well, y'all watch this. No, when a day vision is going, you see someone do it, you're going, I can do it. I think I can do that. I, I can vision myself doing that. That's a vision. When you hear a, a, a verse and you go, you know, I've never thought of it that way. Hmm, I can conceive that. That's a vision. It's not this supernatural Steven Spielberg. It can be. But do you know how many of us have been having dreams and visions and we've not been recognizing it? It's the Holy Spirit trying to speak to you. You can do it. That's called a dream. Let's take a look. Becoming a dream builder. Because it's not only... It's, it's, been taken from the Old Testament where God reveals his plan, his purpose, to where when it's poured out, you can build it. You can build a dream. We're going to see the definitions for it. So the, you start at, the more time you spend 
listening and learning about the Holy Spirit, here's what happens. You start having dreams because he's the dream giver. He's the first element of having a dream. Spending time with God and getting rid of what's behind you releases you what's in front, and that lets you dream. If you're always stuck in the past, you can't dream. You're worried that that lie's catching up with you and that bill's taking When forgetting the past allows you to dream for our future. So where do dreams come from? We have to have an understanding because guess what? Dreams come from a couple of places. One, the Holy Spirit, as we just said, right? But guess what? That dream I had last night was not Holy Spirit. The other place, the enemy. The enemy wants to cause fear. Wants to just make you miserable. Wants to steal your sleep from you. Day residue. That's me. Let me explain day residue. Um, I, have, I have fresh eggs, so, you know, right from across the street at Joe's Garden. He's got a gazillion chickens, and so <clears throat> I have plentiful eggs. Well, fresh eggs that aren't on any chemicals, some eggs are green, some eggs are blue, some eggs are brown. Very few of them are actually white because there's no hormones. And so I'm making breakfast. And when had everybody over, you know, evacuated from the hurricane, I put 12 eggs in a bowl. And I'm crying, there's a green one, there's a green one, there's a blue one, there's a brown one, there's two brown ones. And, and I'm just, and I make this huge, big scrambled egg thing. And then I, you know, see a tree fall, and then I go and talk to this person over here, and then I, oh, I got to call that person. And so I go to bed that night, and then that night, I dream about somebody I went to high school with, and he was green, blue, and brown. And in my dream, I'm going, he's green, blue, and brown. Where the heck did that come from? That's odd. And, and you wake up in the morning, and if you think about it, where did I get that green, blue, and brown from, guys? Some residue. Because it just, something got my attention, and, you know, oh, look at these egg colors. Well, that color is going to make it to my sleep. And then the, someone said some word, or I saw some commercial, and it all gets thrown together, and it's called residue. And you, who, ha, who has those dreams? Have you figured it out? Those are residue dreams. You know, it's like, do not try to figure out what God is trying to say to you, all right? Because it's residue, and dreams come from there. I always kind of like to wake up in the morning going, oh, yeah, that, I did do that yesterday. And, oh, he, he said that word to me, made me think this. Crazy stuff. And then the last one is eating too much too late. Let me tell you, remembering about that last pizza pizza at 10 o'clock is not good for your dreams. Now, who, who has those dreams late at night? You're like, oh, I shouldn't have eaten something. Oh, yeah, a nightmare. Uh -huh. but no one raised their hand, but wives pointed. I saw that. Okay. Not me, but him right there. He's a good That's where dreams come from. So the only way that you know to sort these dreams out, you go, What's God trying to say? I don't know, according to this. But I do know this, that if you know the nature of God and his word, it sorts itself out because God's not going to give you a dream outside his nature. 
So that's a safety thing right there. If you have some spectacular, you know, and, and it could be a little simple thing, but I know that if he's going to give me something, okay, how does points line up with the word of God? Well, it said in, in 2 Corinthians, it says your points will be fine. It doesn't say that, does it? But what it does say is that the Holy Spirit's name is the Comforter. He encourages now, that God has come to seek and save the lost. And that's what those points did. Turning those points around was seeking and saving a lost 18-year-old. So points can come from God's, a God dream. Amazing. And we need to be expecting God who sent the Holy Spirit let me give you the definitions here. Here's the definition of dream. Experience during sleep. We know that, okay? And that's, that's where, unfortunately, we limit what a dream is. When God says, I'm going to pour out my dreams. Because the second definition, it says to contemplate the possibility of doing something. Remember I just said, you know, when you see someone at a, you know, a family outing and you go, I can do that. You're contemplating that that's possible for you. That's a dream. You see someone who's great at business. You go, I think I can do that. He's not all that smart. I can do what he's doing and make that kind of money. You're contemplating. You know what that is? That's called a dream. It's not going to go anywhere, but it's a dream. I can do that. I, I, I can emulate that. You know, I can date her. That's a real dream. Okay. I'm handsome enough to date her. You're really dreaming now. But uh, so here's the synonyms. To desire, to consider, to hope, to conceive. That's a dream. Have you not heard a scripture or a message that made you think, I never, I never thought of it that way. That makes something that I can conceive happening in my life. You've just got a dream. You see how much bigger dream is? When the Bible says, hey, you're going to be given a dream. Well, hallelujah, because I like to sleep. You know, that's not what it's saying. Or it's like, oh, no, I never sleep. I have insomnia. I can't fulfill God's. You know. That is just part of a dream. That kind of dream is just for you the guys who are so thick-headed, he's going to knock you out like me. All right? All right. But that's a dream to hope. We hear scriptures and messages, and it creates dreams in you. You know that you've come to church and you've heard a message. You even sang a song. You might have sang a song today. And you go, man, I, that just gives me such hope. That's a dream. Let's look at what the definition of a goal is. A goal is something that you are trying to do or achieve. Huh. The object of a person's ambition or effort or an aim, desired result. Here's the difference between a dream and a goal. The only difference between a dream and a goal is a date. Do you have a dream? Do you think you can really do it? This time in two years from now, I'm going. I'm setting it right there. You see, God, J Jesus had uh, goals. He said he, faced, he, he set his face to the cross. Paul was probably the most uh, 
prolific church starter of all times. And it said that he's had, he had, I have a goal. It says, I'm going to preach to the Gentiles, uh, Christ crucified. And so when he would go into Ephesus and he goes, okay, guys, it was a great time being with you, uh, and I'm going to Rome. And a prophet is, comes up and says, here's what's going to happen if you go to Rome. You're going to go in a free man, you're going to come out and change. Don't go. He goes, thank you very much for that word. That's a true word. See you going to Rome. It caused a split in the Ephesus church. He got a prophecy. He got a prophecy, and he's not surrendering to it. He goes, no, it's a true prophecy. But you don't know. That's my goal, to go to Rome. Even a goal, at, you know, I don't have a problem with prophecy. I have a problem with the interpretations. He knew he was going to be arrested, and that was how, done, done deal. I'm supposed to go there. A goal keeps you on the right path. You have no goal, whatever looks good. Oh, you go over here. Oh, you're going to be arrested. Oh, no. Wimp. Goals make you strong. Jesus wouldn't have gotten through the garden had he not first said, I, fa- I, I turned my face like flint to the cross. To endure what he was going to endure, he knew his goal, the cross. If we're going to do what we need to do, we need to have a goal. It is our spiritual responsibility to get out in that Holy Spirit dream. It says, I'm pouring. I am pouring the Spirit out for this reason. Dream and visions. Dream and visions. The more you're with the Holy Spirit, the more you understand the Holy Spirit dream and vision. What's that? You know, <clears throat> you, you find someone who has a real hunger and relationship, looks and anticipates to, to, to be able to be touched by the Holy Spirit today, you're going to see someone who's got a new dream. If I see a Christian and he's just so full of ideas, going, man, we can do it. He's going, I've got more, I have more ideas than I can do. I told Crystal, I said, I need three more lifetimes. I said, I'm not going to get all my, all my thoughts and you know, you know, dreams in in this one. There's just not enough time. So I have to set my goal because if I don't, I go this way. And then going, oh, there's something I really like. And I go this way. And oh, there's something I like. And I go that way. Or something hard comes up and I go, oh, no. I don't want to go through it. But you set a goal. They did a study of why some people in the Holocaust, six million Christians, Jews, and a whole lot of were killed by the Nazis. The ones that survived, and they did backstories on the ones that didn't. There was one thing that pointed at that stuck out. The ones that survived said, I was living for when this passes, for a goal. I thought and kept my mind on what I'm going to do out there. The ones that died only could see what today was. And they quit. They gave in. They couldn't face it. They went insane. It is a spiritual responsibility to get into this dream thing. 
and that dream, you set goals. Let me take a look at this verse as we were talking about Paul. I like this. Paul is just so real. But it's the look. Oh, my goodness. Boy. Third service may be a little late. All right. (laughs) Look what Paul says. I know that I'm not yet what God wants me to be. Who could raise their hand on that? All right. But listen, this is the difference because he's going to talk about a goal. See, there's two ways he could have done this. If you have a goal, if you know it's out there, you're going, you know what? I know. I'm telling you, I know I'm not what I'm going to be, what I should be, but I got a goal. That's the difference. You see, without a goal, what hope is it? I know that I'm not what God wants me to be. It's all the difference in the world. With a goal, I can be honest. I'm not there. But I, I can smile at it because it's not over. I can see what I want it to be. You get the frown when you're not what you're, you know you're meant to be. You've got no place to go. But it goes on. He says, I know I am not yet what God wants me to be. I haven't reached that goal. That goal is God's goal for you. But I keep moving toward it to make it my goal. See, there's a that goal. That's God. I have all the hope in the world and intention to make it my goal. Because Christ made me and saved me for this. But one thing I do, forgetting the past and straining toward what is ahead. What's ahead, guys? A goal. I press towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And verse 15, listen to this. For all of us then who are mature should think this way too. Because, you know, when you're talking about goals, you're going, oh, you're talking to the baby Christians. I've been a Christian now for a good six months. You know, they're talking to the baby Christians. Guess what? Paul was talking to the baby Christians. But do you you see the little kind of little slap on the cheek he gives you? He goes, hey, hey, you know what? I'm talking to you mature ones. You've forgotten this. Do you see that? Yes. All of us then who are mature should think this way too. He's giving a little, little on the behind, giving you a little, you know, a little God spanking there. He goes, you mature people are thinking, oh, this is such a great message. I'm glad my kids are here. I'm like, no, let me bend over here. <laughs> Paul got you in verse 15. You mature, you, you who are older and more manure in the Lord. My little Jamaican got that. So, <laughs> you too need to think this way. Get into it. The more you spend with the Holy Spirit, the more you recognize Him here in this room. A couple months ago, what's that Pokemon capture thing on your phone? Y'all know what I'm talking about? What's it called? Pokemon Now? Go. Yeah, please go. That's my wish, go. I see on Facebook people on vacation. You know, there's like the Eiffel Tower, and they're taking pictures. They go, Pokemon's right here. Eiffel Tower's right there. I have the Pokemon. We had a Pokemon in here, and everyone kept going, did you see the Pokemon? We got a picture of the Pokemon. And like, 
I want a Holy Spirit go. We hold up our phone and go, there's a Holy Spirit. And with this, a dream. And there's a Holy Spirit over there. There's a dream. There's, there's, there's a, a businessman, and, you know, you've got so many ideas, you don't have enough lifetimes, do you? You've got to set a goal so that you know which way to go. And by the way, any of you computer geeks come up with that game, I get a percentage. The Holy Spirit go. Turn a dream into a goal. And here's what a goal is. A goal is a statement, a faith statement. When you're saying, here's what I believe is going to happen at this date. That's faith. So you're the dream builder. Now that God has poured his Holy Spirit out, the more time you spend with that spirit, the more you recognize that spirit, the more dreams you're going to have. And then you have to decide which of those dreams you want to make a goal. You don't have, I don't know if, 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 you, if you spend a whole lot of time with the Holy Spirit, I don't think you're going to have enough lifetime. You have to pick the goal. So you're not drugged this way and that way. That you end up where you want to go. And see, in Matthew 9, 29, it says, According to whose faith? Yes, yours. According to your faith will it be done to you. So wait a minute. We go with a dream. We say, you know, I like that dream. I think that dream, I can make that a goal. I think that's doable. And I put a date on it. And now, according to my faith... According to how much faith I have, it's going to be done to me. You are building the dream. The greater the faith, man, the greater your God. The greater the faith, the more you have to rely on, the greater your faith. According to you, you are building this dream. What dream has the Holy Spirit given to you? And you can pick them. There's many. You pick one. And the reason we pick one, see, here's a map. Goals keep us focused and help me make the best choices. All right, see that arrow up there? He said, just point, just point it and press that button. Uh, I don't see it up there, but I see it down here. See that one up there? That's where I want to go. You know, I had a dream. And you know what? I think I can do that. I can conceive me doing that, having that business, that job, that career, that wife. I can conceive it. I can see I may not have achieved it yet, but I've got a goal. And so you're down here. You're down here. And you've got to know that up there. And you need to know where you are here because when someone says, hey, listen, let's just go to Bermuda and just blow all the cash we got. Man, that sounds blast. Come on! No, that's not. Anything between this arrow and that arrow doesn't say Bermuda. Anything between this arrow and that arrow doesn't say, hey, take a year off. If it's not between here and you turn right there, if something's going to make you turn and go down further, you're going, you know what? i got to change the date on my goal. The biggest mistake that we make in making goals is you make them too small and you 
make them too short. Does that make sense? You know, you know, I just do this. People make a year goal, they put too much in a year goal, and they put very little in a 10-year goal. But with that up there, I'm checking my time. I'm over, just in case you want to know. A young man comes into my office. This has happened many times. Says, I think I've fallen in love. I go, okay. What's your goal? I want to marry her. Okay, are you dating? Not really. But we're kind of friends. I said, all right, let's take a look at some things. Her dad makes a gazillion dollars. What do you do? He goes, I paint. Do you own the business? No. I'm an employee. Okay, she'll live in a box because she's in love. But once she pushes out a baby, baby ain't going to live in a box. Changes everything, doesn't it? Mom and dads. He goes, what am I going to do? I go, do you, have a, do you have an education? No, I don't. Do you have any money? Yeah, I do. I think, I, I think he said he saved something like $10,000. So your mother live in town? Yeah. I go, okay, get out of your apartment. Go live with your mom. Go to school. If you want to marry her, because I want to marry her, so then you're going to have to provide a lifestyle for that child that she had growing up. He goes, okay. I think I can do it. <laughs> you know, you think he doesn't stand a chance. They had twins last month. You all know who I'm talking about. over and over again. What's my goal up there? Can you find a road that comes back to you? If you can't find a road, if you can't find a path, set your goal. Where do you want to end up and see if you can see a path that comes back to you? And if you can, put a date on it. Make it a goal. That is what God is saying when he says he's poured out. Spirit, so you can dream. You can achieve. He's doing it. It is a promise. Like I said, it's our spiritual duty. Proverbs 16, you know, it says, make your plans, but the Lord determines our steps. You know, it, it, it says, make your human plans. It is our responsibility to make a plan. And then so, and here's what happens. You know what? There's where my arrow is. I want to end up over there. And you, you start walking that way, and all of a sudden, Somehow your steps get you over here, but you meet somebody who's got the experience and said, oh, no, well, you, you need to go this way. And then you go, and you, you see, you've got to make a plan and work towards it, and then God can do something. If you're sitting on the couch eating chips going, waiting for that angel to show up, tell me what I need to do. <laughs> you know, that ain't, that's the ambulance coming because you've had a heart attack eating those chips. Oh, here comes my angels. They're pushing a gurney. You know? <laughs> I was thinking, you know, you know what we need to do is to, to have like extra sour cream prophecy chips for all those guys sitting there going, well, I'm waiting for the Lord to tell me to get off the couch. What? You know, we stiff the little prophecies in those couches, you know, those chips for this guys on the couch reading. Uh, Maybe inspire them. I'm telling you, if you're sitting on the couch, it ain't going to happen. It's going to happen if you, at the best of your ability, set a course and God will guide your steps. Once you start moving, 
He'll guide your steps. But you've got to pick the foot up to go that way. You spend the time with the presence of God. You get dreams. You give him your business. You give him your love life. You're going, Lord, I, was, I just love that girl. Get a plan. Get an education. Go get a house. Build. You know, even a bird. If the bird, how's a bird get their mate? You know, they go start building a nest to attract them. Start building a nest that a woman will notice you. I'm going to do this one. There are three Americans up there. What else do you see? Three of I see three black men, right? What else do you see? Three life choices. Three life choices. Three different life choices. A lawyer, a law officer, and a juvenile who all had dreams. Who set some better goals than others. And the law officer, I, get you, I bet you he's as proud of his decision as the lawyer. And unfortunately, the young man, he's regretting he got caught. But probably doesn't understand that he's there because of his choice. Because of a dream. A bad dream. God says he's poured his spirit out. And that we can build our dream. It is our spiritual duty. So I want to prophesy. I want to speak a word over everyone. If you want that dream to be real in your life, you have to come to the knowledge and accepting that the Holy Spirit has got to become a part of your life. And when I say the Holy Spirit, you don't have to pray the Holy Spirit. You can't see. If the, whole, if the Holy Spirit showed up right here, he's going to look like Jesus. All right? Because he says... When Jesus said the Holy Spirit's going to come, he's only going to say what I've said. And what did Jesus say? He goes, I've only told you what my father told me. You've seen one, you've seen them all. It's kind of like my kids. Right? They kind of resemble. So, but they are one God. He goes, you don't have to pray the Holy Spirit, but you can. He's God. What you have to recognize is that while Jesus is on the mercy seat, keeping any accusation to come up there. He goes, this is my blood, and it flows. My blood flows from the mercy seat, and I'm up there, and I'm building and preparing a place, and no accusation against you can make it to my Father. But I put the Holy Spirit down here, and it said, it is flowing through this room, and everyone who is near that Holy Spirit, whoever gets involved with that Holy Spirit is going to be dreaming, either day visions or night dreams. You're going to I can do that. I can perceive that. That gummit, I know I can do that. If you want to break that that you've put in your life, that you have no hope. You know, King David, he lost his goals. I've kicked everyone in the world. You know, everyone fears David. I'm not even going to go to war anymore. 
I'm not going to go to war. I don't need to go to war. I'm David. I mean, I can just send my army. The generals are, you know, I've, uh, what is that? Who? Bathsheba. You wonder if her name was just Sheba. Bathsheba. You wonder if the nickname he gave her. You know, it's like he got in trouble because he no longer had a goal. He no longer had a dream. You get in trouble. That may be happened to that young man up there. Maybe no one told him he could have a dream. Just like David, he goes, hey, I'm going to indulge. Some of us have fallen into that. I don't have a dream. You're in trouble. You're going to get in trouble if you're not in trouble. It is our spiritual duty, old or young, to dream dreams and have visions. So let's stand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Lord, you've sent your spirit so that your people can dream, can have visions, can hear your word and go, I can do that. I can be that. And Lord, you've given us the ability to put dates on it. To put dates and turn them to goals. And our goals are statements of faith. I believe I'm going to do that by that date. I believe I'm going to get this out of my way. Lord, you've given us a map with that to keep us. It's easy to make the right decisions if we have a map. So, Lord, I speak over your dream builders that you've placed here. You are the dream giver, Father. We have men and women out here who are accepting the position of a dream builder. And according to Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, this is the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord for every man and woman in this building. For every man and woman who's on the internet right now and this week. For every man and woman that was in the first service, every man and woman that's going to be in the third service. This is the word of the Lord for this church. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Father, by your spirit, you are giving dreams. And by our obedience and desire, we're going to be dream builders. Can the people of God say amen? Then give the Lord a great shout. Amen. Yeah.